Welcome back to Dr. Dave on Call. I'm your host, Dr. Dave. Thank you for joining me for another episode. Today, we're going to be talking about reopening our economy and how we get back from these shelter-in-place orders back into um, our society today and back to our jobs and um, potentially our schools. And um, as we as we see that we've you know flattened our curve and that we're coming down on the curve, what it will take to actually re-enter society. I've been asked a lot of questions. Hey, Dr. Dave, you know, how do we how do we get back to work in a safe manner? So today we're going to talk about that. Um, firstly, I want to I want to mention um, the importance of PPE in this process, personal protective equipment, because for us to actually get back into a workplace environment, a social environment, we're going to need to implement. Um, you know, good PPE utilization. What does that mean? Well, we're going to need masks. Um, as we know from previous episodes, um, the transmissibility of uh, COVID-19 is through respiratory droplets, large respiratory droplets. And in order to prevent the spread of that, we're going to need masks, especially if we're going to implement um, physical distancing in our workplace too. So what does that mean? Six feet um, between individuals, if that's possible. That's going to be tough, you know, in some some environments, whether it be meatpacking companies or kitchens, things like that. It's going to be very difficult to do that. So masks are going to be very important. Um, obviously, we're going to need soap and hand sanitizer, and that's included in this overall umbrella of, of personal protective equipment. We're going to need soap to wash our hands, and we're going to need access to hand washing stations. It's going to be very important. Um Hand sanitizer. So we talked about this too. 60% alcohol-based hand sanitizer is going to be really, really important if we can't get to to, to the soap um, and hand-washing stations and plenty of that. So um, I've had some difficulty, to be honest, getting soap from the grocery store and hand sanitizer. And, you know, masks are one thing. You know, we can actually make, create face cloths, you know, but... Um, it comes a point when you actually go to your company or your place of work, will they be issuing you surgical masks? And so PPE availability is very important. Um, for example, gloves, you know, if we're um, outside of, you know, handling food and cleaning and whatnot, are we going to be asked to be wearing gloves too? So these are all really big issues. Let's take, for example, if you're a barber and we open up the economy and, you know, regulations support the use of disposable uh, capes that you use to cut cut hair. You know, how are we going to produce all these capes? You know, are we going to use a new cape for each one? How do the sanitation methods, you know, um, come about? As well as, you know, for example, bouffant hair coverings too. Like, you know, we may need to be wearing those in a certain capacity too. So again, the first concept that we need to understand is we've got to have PPE available so that corporations are not struggling to provide soap and hand sanitizer and masks and, and maybe gloves for their, for their workers. So that's a, big, that's a big part of getting back into our society and reopening our economy. Now, the next part I want to focus on is testing, because I think this is going to be a key area of how we're going to successfully open our economy. Now, testing is, is in this sort of two-prong approach, in my opinion, that's going to be critical um, over the longer term of identifying people 
um, who are potentially infected with COVID-19, and also identifying people who are potentially protected from COVID-19. So let's get into that. So testing in general, you know, let's talk about, well, what's a good test? Well, we really want to test diseases that are public health problems, and COVID-19 is. Um, you know, especially those diseases that have a significant mortality and morbidity rate, you know. So if there are a lot of people, you know, getting sick with the disease and also potentially dying from the disease, we need to we need to test for this. And it's got to be readily available too. So it's not these sort of isolated tests. We need to really upscale testing in this capacity in order to get back to our economy. So let's discuss one of the actual tests that, um, you know, I want to talk about. So essentially it's going to be a rapid testing, a COVID-19 rapid test. So a good analogy would be if you think you have the flu, you go to an urgent care, you go to your doctor, and they can take a swab. And right in their office, within 10 minutes, they can tell you whether you have the flu or not. And even down to the, the serotype, whether it's flu A or flu B. And that's important because if we go back to work, we need a COVID-19 rapid test, which is basically um, detecting the antigen of COVID-19. So we need it to be valid, right? So if you go and you walk into work and there's a line, when you walk into the, your, your office, they issue you your PPE, whether it be like a surgical mask, they have you go to the hand-washing station, they wash your hands, and then they line you up for rapid testing. So they take maybe um, either your saliva or maybe a finger prick for, your, for a little blood sample or even just swab something in your mouth or your nose, and they put it on the testing apparatus, and then it comes up as either negative or positive. And what that tells the employer is that on that specific day, you do not have COVID-19 or you do. Now, if you do have COVID-19, there needs to be some sort of a protocol implemented. Um, so if you go to work and you test negative, well, that's great. So for that day, the employer knows that you're negative for COVID-19, you go into work. But what happens if you're positive, right? Because I think employers should have a protocol in place, not just to say, oh, go home and then quarantine for this and this, self-isolate for this and this many days. I think employers should really be aggressive in giving their workers a plan so that it minimizes the risk of transmis transmission of COVID-19 to other people, not only coworkers, right, but also family members or, um, you know, household people that you live with. So I think one of the central questions to ask is, okay, you, you test positive for the rapid COVID-19 test at work, your employer automatically asks you, you know, how many people are you living with? Do you, do you have the ability to self-isolate in your dwelling? Because there are many people who don't have that ability. So I think the employer should have a protocol in place to say, hey, look, you tested positive for rapid COVID-19 testing. You can't go home. Where do we put you? Well, I think we can utilize the large amount of hotel and hostels in our country that are available right now. Many hotels are empty because people are not traveling and they're not using hotels. So through, I, I envision a city or a county, you know, and corporate, um, you know, um, share program that the corporation or the work could 
could communicate with city officials to figure out which hotels are available for their employers, employees, excuse me, and they would go there and they would self-isolate for the appropriate number of days that um, that, that would uh, need to take place for COVID-19 um, symptoms. So, And then also coordinating with their doctors too to get follow-up if they need care. Um, and then coordinating their, you know, their meal plans and their food and all of this, um, you know, um, supplies that they're going to need when they self-isolate. But what we're doing here is this. We're preventing COVID-19 in the workplace. And then also we're protecting our employees, right? So if they do have COVID-19, that we're surrounding them with the resources to prevent further transmission of the disease. So again, rapid COVID-19 testing is going to be imperative. We need to develop a good, valid test that when you walk into work on a daily basis, you can take a rapid test um, of COVID-19. So let's get into another part of testing that I think is going to be important, and this is antibody testing. And a few episodes, we talked about, well, what are antibodies? Well, antibodies, again, are created by our immune system. Um, they're proteins that... In a nutshell, for the purposes of this discussion, they recognize bacteria and viruses and they kill them, right? So it would be important to figure out what antibodies people have to COVID-19. Now, I think, I think we should really discuss, because there's been a lot of talk in the general media about antibody testing, because really large groups of, of organizations now are doing widespread testing for antibodies to COVID-19. And why are they doing that? Well, we need to figure out what part of the general population is developing these proteins, these antibodies, to help kill COVID-19. And that's what we need to assume. So a general antibody testing, and, and this is going to be important. So let's say you do go to work and they take a test of antibodies and they find that you do have some COVID-19 antibodies, which means that you have been exposed at some point, whether you knew it or not, that you had COVID-19. And so what do these antibodies mean? Well, let's, let's talk about that because this is important. Right now, we don't know if antibodies that you're producing in your body will actually kill COVID-19. It's so early on in this disease process, again, that we just don't know that if you produce antibodies, you are actually going to be able to kill COVID-19. Now, we can safely assume from other viruses that we've had in our society over the many, many years and generations that if you do produce antibodies, generally it is assumed that these are protective, that their job is to actively kill the virus. So I think one thing that we can delineate here is really this. So if you do take a COVID-19 general antibody testing and you don't have antibodies versus somebody who takes the test, the blood test, and does have COVID antibodies, I think we can extrapolate an important factor here. The person who does not have the COVID-19 antibodies is at more risk of getting COVID-19 than somebody who likely does have antibodies. So does that make sense? So if you do have COVID-19 antibodies, we can safely assume that you may have some level of protection. We just don't know how much, and we'll get into that in a minute here. So if you take the COVID-19 antibody test at work and they find out, well, 
sorry, you do not have any COVID-19 antibodies. Well, again, that means that you have not been exposed to COVID-19 and that you're at risk. So how does that play out in terms of a workplace situation? Well, that may be something that the employer can delineate like this. So if you don't have COVID-19 antibodies, maybe you do a longer work from home platform so that you're not in the office potentially exposing yourself versus let's say, uh, you know, you do have the COVID-19 antibodies. The employer may say, well, right now we don't know whether that's protective or not, but we know that you're probably at a likely less risk of getting it. So we'll allow you to come back to work. So I think that could really be helpful, this antibody testing. Now let's talk about why cities now are trying to test thousands and thousands and hopefully upwards to millions and millions of people is because we need to figure out one, do COVID-19 antibodies protect you? And here's the most important question we're asking. What level of antibody is considered protection. And in order to identify that number, we need a whole lot of people to donate their antibodies, their blood to figure out their antibody levels. So for example, if I go and I get a vaccine um, for my doctor when I was a kid, let's say my tetanus shot, okay? So tetanus, um, you're getting a vaccine to protect from tetanus. Well, after you get the vaccine, you can actually draw your blood and, and actually find a lab value that tells you what level is deemed protective, okay? So, for example, if we find out that we have tested millions of people for COVID-19 and we actually figure out that, one, the COVID-19 antibody is protective, Two, we can actually identify that value that we know is protective. So what? how does this translate into getting back to work? Well, if we find that number, we can actually test our employees. And if they have the antibody and we know that number, we can say, hey, you're safe to come back and be at work without any restrictions. And so that can actually help define in terms of not only high-risk jobs, for example, like healthcare workers. It would be great to know, let's say, if ER uh, staff who are going to be treating these sort of illnesses are immune. You could put these people right in the front lines, whereas if we knew that some of the staff were not as immune or did not have the antibodies, you could actually maybe um, you know, take that staff and apply them to maybe non-COVID 19 potential cases or persons under investigation for COVID-19. So I think that is going to be a really critical um, part of what we're going to need to do um, in terms of getting our economy back. Now, again, this is going to take some time, right? So testing, 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 you know, um, it's going to take many, many months for us to create these sort of tests. And so why does it take some time? Because we should really talk about tests in general, right? Um, testing is, 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 can be difficult because you need to demonstrate that when you test, it's going to lead to improved health outcomes and that it's a reasonable cost too. So if these tests were very, the COVID-19 rapid tests and the COVID-19 antibody tests were very expensive, how could corporations 
you know, implement this if there's such a high cost? And also, you know, they need to be widely available. So if we're going to use a test, we need to make sure that number one, it's valid, meaning that the test will accurately identify the diseased and non-diseased individuals. So if you walk into test and if you walk in to work and they give you the COVID-19 rapid test and it shows that the test was negative, but really you had COVID-19, whether you were positive and you walked into work, you could transmit the disease to so many people, right? So we need to make sure that these tests are valid. Um, and, and, and what does that entail? Well, we look at statistical probabilities that if you have the disease, that there's a high probability that they're going to detect that you have the disease. And so there are some terms that you can um, maybe remember from your statistics class back in high school or um, even in college too about sensitivity and specificity. So sensitivity is that high probability of detecting the disease. So um, you want to make sure that if you walk into work, you have COVID-19, they give you a rapid test, you want to make sure that you get a positive test. You know, that's important so that they can screen that you have it and then they would send you again back home to self-isolate, support you with the resources that you need or even arrange for you to be at a hotel or something like that. Now, there's also specificity too. So it's a high probability that those without the disease will screen negative. Again, if you walk in, and you take the COVID-19 rapid test and it's negative, they want to know for sure that you are negative. So ideally, we would really want a test that has a high sensitivity and a high specificity, right? So that we know um, the correct diagnosis is made through this test. So again, a COVID-19 rapid test is going to be absolutely imperative to give employers and as well as employees too the the security that you know when you walk into work, your coworkers or even yourself do not have COVID-19. With antibody testing, we're going to first roll out how to, how to really quantify how much antibody you have first. And we need to understand that if you don't have any antibodies versus if you do, that we can then maybe risk stratify that to say, look, the person who has antibodies would likely have some sort of protection from COVID-19 versus somebody who doesn't. And if you don't have COVID-19 antibodies, you may be more at risk for getting it. And so to implement more safety protocols, whether it's working from home or even working in a different area of the establishment where, you know, like in hospitals where there's just not, there's like non-COVID-19 units versus COVID-19 units. So maybe redirecting staff into more safer areas. That's going to be important. And then again, as we get more population data um, for these antibody testing, we would hopefully figure out what level is considered protective because longer term, your employer can, can test you and say, hey, look, you have COVID-19 antibodies at this level, you're protected, come back to work. And then we can talk about, you know, whether or not you need PPE or not. Again, this is all assuming that we do have enough personal protective equipment. Um, we need the soap and hand sanitizers to be readily available at work. We need uh, enough masks for sure. 
because as we transition into work um, and we don't have a vaccine right now and we don't have, you know, that Hail Mary treatment that can treat, you know, greater than 95% of the disease. So we need to make sure that we have enough masks and also, you know, gloves when they're indicated too. But, you know, looking at other areas, for example, barbershops, right? So we're going to have to create different sorts of PPE for individuals, whether that be disposable capes or, um, you know, different sort of food handling measures too as well. So we're, we're very much learning about developing safety protocols uh, as we go back into our society and opening up our economy. This episode was really mainly devoted to the large, you know, gestalt of what it's going to take to safely open up our economy on the longer term and presupposing that we don't have a vaccine because likely we won't have something like that until, you know, the first quarter of 2021 at the earliest. So I think that understanding that testing and PPE are really critical in terms of getting us back safely in society. And that in testing, we're going to need a rapid COVID-19 test. And we need to make sure that it's valid, that if you test positive, you are positive. If you test negative, you are in fact negative. And also we need employers to have a, a, a mechanism in place for their employees should they test positive. Um, there's an interesting application now here in Chicago that they're developing an app that if you do, um, you know, sign up for this app, it it follows you and gives you updates you personally in terms of what, you know, potential vaccines may be available down the line and how you can get it. And I, I envision that we would have a partnership with other corporations too and employers to, again, provide services if you can't self-isolate at home in hotels and provide the food services and supplies that you'll need to do that. So we need to have these protocols in place. And then finally, again, we need antibody testing, both to first delineate who is producing antibodies and who's not, as we can risk stratify them. And then eventually, as we get a lot of data, we'll have uh, an ability to tell what level of antibody is protective. And from there, that would constitute a very similar approach to, you know, our antibody levels when we get vaccinated, right, for schools, right? So I had my tetanus shot. Therefore, you've got the tetanus shot. We know you have the protective antibodies. You can come to school. Similar sort of concept here. You have a protective COVID-19 antibodies at this level. You're protective. Come back to work without any restrictions. So I hope that this episode um, shed some light on what I believe to be um, really critical um, factors of what we're going to need to to implement in our society for us to get back to work. Um, if you have any questions, please reach out to us. These were great questions for this episode, too, of what we need to get back to work. You could tweet us at Dr. Dave on call, email us at hello at drdaveoncall.com, and... Um, and you can even call us too. So we look forward to um, discussing more interesting um, medical health uh, topics as we continue on our COVID-19 um, 
uh, you know, pandemic uh, issues that we've been discussing. It's been really amazing to see your feedback. So we really appreciate that. Stay, uh, stay safe and healthy. Take care. Bye-bye.